this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm going to be discussing songs written and recorded for Prince's very first post-recording contract band, The Rebels. It's the summer of 1979. Prince was about to release his second album, a follow-up to his solid debut album, For You. After playing a couple of live shows at the Capri Theater in North Minneapolis in January of 79, One thing was clear to his record label, Warner Brothers. Prince and his band needed more live polish. Maybe a bit more time together to really gel, a chance to vibe, and earn some of that trust from Prince that was required for him to relinquish control over every aspect when performing live. What better way than to gather the troops and create a side project of sorts with no expectations, no pressure, and no overbearing band leader in charge of writing and recording all the music himself. The Rebels is what this side project would be dubbed, by whom I'm not really sure. The Rebels consisted of Prince, Andre Simone, Des Dickerson, Gail Chapman, Matt Fink, and Bobby Rifkin. This is the original Prince's touring band, you know, during the 1979-1980 era, early 80. This is what Prince's touring band looked like. This band would embark on the Prince album tour in late 79 and continue through early 80. Also, this is the band that opened up for Rick James on his Fire It Up tour. And before they could become the kick-ass band that we heard on bootlegs from 79 and 80, they had to embark on a trip to Boulder, Colorado in July of 1979 to bring together all of their individual influences to the collective of the Rebels. While the end result, nine tracks with various co-writers and lead singers, was not a project that ever saw the official light of day, the songs that the band recorded together would be cherished by Prince bootleggers for years. Not only that, a couple of the songs that Prince had written for the project were given to other artists years later. Let's listen to the tracks from what could have been Prince's very first side project. So how I'm going to cover these Rebel songs for this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, I'm going to talk about specifically the songs that Prince wrote. So as I mentioned, there were nine songs written and recorded around this summer of 1979. And some of them, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, were not written by Prince. There was no intention for them to be written, all of the songs to be written by Prince. He wanted to to kind of appease some of his um, other band members with with aspirations for writing and recording their own music. Specifically, Andre and Dez. They were the, you know, the co-front men with Prince on stage, and they also had, I think, the most ambition when it came to writing and recording their own music, at least at that time. So Andre ended up writing two songs, Thrill You or Kill You, which is a song with vocals. instrumental.
Des Dickerson wrote three songs, Disco Away, instrumental. songs so far. So the remaining four songs are songs that Prince is credited as writing. Those songs are Hard to Get, If I Love You Tonight, The Loser, and You. So those are the four songs I'm going to be focusing on because they were written by Prince. Oh, 
So let's start it off with hard to get. You say you want my money. You say you want my wine, girl. Let me tell you, honey. You're just wasting your time, baby. Cause I'm fed up to here with you playing hard to get. It's been over a year and I ain't seen no loving yet. So that's like the first verse and then the chorus. So hard to get seems to be about it's like a story song a little bit about a guy trying to get with a girl who seems to be stringing him along and uh, the line in the chorus I ain't seen no loving yet appears to be a reference to sex so there hasn't been any sort of physical interaction between the two individuals I think you know she kind of likes the attention and likes what he seems to offer in the relationship but doesn't seem to have much of an interest in taking it further. And one thing I haven't mentioned yet, and I, I need to, is all four of these songs that were written by Prince do not include Prince as the lead vocalist. So Hard to Get is sung by Andre. So Andre Simone sings Hard to Get. So that's his vocals that you're hearing. The other three songs are sung by Gail Chapman. So when we get to those, you'll hear a woman's voice that's game. When we get together, you say you want a ball, baby. Then why, why, oh why am I sleeping out in the hall, girl? Well, I'm fed up to here with you playing hard to get. Girl, it's been over a year and I ain't seen no loving yet. I think, uh, you know, the phrase, you want a ball, slang for, for fucking, it's not really a term that's, it's not really a slang term that's really used much anymore. Um, I always, when I think of or hear the word bawling as a reference to sex, I think of Little Richard. Good golly, Miss Molly. And, uh, you know, the, how risque that might have sounded to listeners of rock radio stations and R&B radio stations in the 50s. That's pretty pretty crazy that that made it, uh, made it that far at that time. The, those lyrics made it onto the radio. So the second verse really just continues to the narrative of this guy just wanting to have sex with this woman that, you know, we don't know at this point where their relationship is or what their relationship's all about. We just know that he considers this girl to be playing hard to get and he's getting frustrated, basically. Yeah, that's what the that's what the lyrics thus far have, have painted that picture. He's giving her things money, wine, time, and he doesn't feel like he's getting in return what it is that he deserves, which, you know, can be considered a, a problematic comment on masculinity and uh, relationships, uh, heterosexual relationships, where there seems to be the expectation of sexual favors for whatever it is that, um, you know, the guy is a 
appears to be giving the girl, whether it's a date, you know, a night out, paying for dinner, oh, well, then I, I expect sex afterwards. It's really kind of gross when you think about it. Verse 3, I guess I really love you, baby, despite your silly ways, girl. But if we stay together, you just gotta give me some of that. Hey, baby. Because <laughs> I'm fed up to here with you playing hard to get. It's been over a year, and I ain't seen no loving yet. So in the third verse, I get the impression that the, the guy singing it kind of resigns, that he's willing to be strung along and stay in this relationship, because, you know, he says he loves her, and will continue to basically plead if we stay together you know I really hope that you're gonna give me some of that and uh, <laughs> you know I guess he's holding out hope holding out hope that eventually she's going to give in to his pleas and hopefully it's not because she feels like burdened or broken down that she wants to give it to him that she wants to have sex with him not because she feels like she has to or that She's just trying to uh, alleviate the pestering. And, you know, this really, the song basically just plays up on all of the, the stereotypical tropes of men being only interested in sex, women being teases, playing hard to get, using sex as either a weapon or, you know, as currency for things, for affection, for for material things. It, it again, it's a, it's a little bit like if you think too much about it, it's it's kind of it's kind of gross. Uh, I don't think the song deserves to be thought of that deeply. So I wouldn't, you know, I don't I don't consider the song to be problematic. I don't consider the song to be um, unlistenable. It's a bit antiquated in its notions, but then again, I don't know. Have we really evolved that much in forty plus years as a society? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think there's still probably plenty of people out there that subscribe to these, um, you know, these these gender dynamics. I certainly hope it doesn't happen that often, but it probably still does. So the interesting thing about Hard to Get is because this was written by Prince, we have another version out there. Prince did not give up on the song in 1979. He re-recorded this song in 1981. It has a very different sound. So like this this uh, 79 version with Andre on vocals has a much more 70s cock rock sound to it, which matches the lyrics completely. But then, you know, mere two years later, he's recording the song with a much more new wave synth sound to it which of course matches the kind of sound that he was recording and music he was recording at that time.
far as the lyrics go, he repeats the verse one twice. That's the verse about, you say you want my money, you say you want my wine, let me tell you, honey, you're just wasting your time. And that's the only verse that he sings. So verses, verse 2 and 3 in the 79 version are not sung at all in his 81 vault version that we hear. So I, I don't really know what he intended for this song and to be recorded in 1981. I don't know if he just wanted to update the sound of it and see if it was worth, uh, you know, a second look, uh, potentially for controversy, or or what, I'm not sure. But he doesn't really add any vocals, he doesn't change any vocals. All he, he actually subtracts vocals, he subtracts lyrics. So it, uh, lyrically speaking, it's a much simpler version. Musically, it's more updated for that sound of that 81 era. But uh, again, it, it never went anywhere. So then if we move on to the next song, this one is called If I Love You Tonight. Funny that you should call. I was just sitting by the telephone, looking for a remedy for all my misery. got the cure but baby I'm so unsure maybe you're just the same you just need a friend to help you make it through the rain it's a it's a bit of a sad song you know if you think about it it's um sung from the perspective of a, a person who's feeling blue looking for human connection to get through a tough time in their life so you know that this person receives a phone call they were already sitting by the phone, just kind of hoping something would happen, not really taking the initiative to make a phone call to a friend or phone a, a lover or phone you know, somebody that cares about them, but just kind of sitting there alone in their room and hoping somebody would reach out. Uh, she says, I know you got the cure, but I'm so, so unsure. Maybe you're just the same. You just need a friend to help you make it through the rain. I like how that's phrased because the vocalist, in this case Gail, she's projecting her emotions and feelings onto this person that's given her a call. As a you know, she's like saying, Maybe you're just the same as me, and also you need a friend to help him make it through the rain, and that's why you reached out to me. We don't have, of course, any idea if that's the reason why this person reached out and called her. She's just maybe hoping, like I said, projecting that onto this person so that way she wouldn't feel again so alone in her in her feelings and in her emotions and and uh, the time that she's, you know, the tough time that she's going through. Uh, I think it's a, it's a smart way of kind of wording that and phrasing that. 
instead of saying, I just need a friend to help me make it through the rain. I love you tonight. Promise me that you'll stay with me until the morning light. All I need is some company to help me through the night. So, you know, that's that's the chorus. And the chorus essentially uh, just, com again, communicates and reiterates a lot of the themes that we were already seeing in that first verse. If I love you tonight, and I'm, you know, using air quotes because I think it's more like if I have sex with you tonight, promise me you'll stay with me until the morning light. I don't think that this person's really talking about, you know, love is the, the strong emotion, more of a, a fill-in for if we make love tonight, if I make love to you tonight, that kind of, that kind of love. And so she's, you know, I kind of get the impression that she's using sex as a numbing mechanism, pain management, something to, um, you know, take her mind off of what's going on in her head, which, again, we don't really get a sense for because it's not really communicated. It's just kind of like this foggy imagery that we're getting and uh, unclear circumstances surrounding this person in this moment. She doesn't want this person to leave after they make love. It's, uh, it's not a, a situation where she just wants the sex and then he can take off. feel so undone. I want to give you the gun. I want to let you be the one. Take me. Break me. So verse 2 gets a little bit dark here. It's uh, The imagery here is a bit dark with the with the use of the word gun, you know, and bringing gun into the into the lyrics. Of course, you know, is, is it a literal gun? Like, is she suicidal? I mean, so far the lyrics have been pretty dark. She talks about all of her misery in the first verse. Uh, just needing a friend to help her make it through the rain. And now she's talking about a gun, take me, break me. I don't know. It, it can certainly be a, a literal gun. But, of course, it can also be metaphorical. There's always alternate alternate uh, meanings and understandings of these lyrics. And if it's you know metaphorical, maybe it's like she wants to pass her trauma or pass her her emotional distress to somebody else, like for, for, for a few moments at least, like, hey, 
I'm carrying this burden of this this depression, this despair. Can you carry it for a little bit for me? So I can, you know, relax and rest for a bit through the night potentially, and then you can give it back to me. I'm not asking you to take it from me forever. Take me, break me, I wanna let you be the one, take me, break me, you know, let you be the one to do what? To end her life or to take her pain and misery away from her, at least for the night. It's it's uh, it's definitely interesting imagery and definitely interesting um, phrasing here. I do I do like how the lyrics kind of progress and get darker instead of lighter. hear her saying oh baby don't leave me now all i want from you is your love it's what i really need it's all i've ever been dreaming of oh you you're the one i waited for to hear the sound of your voice every day every minute of my life everything you said to me i knew i knew you were the one i wanted i held you here because i know that's what i really wanted oh boy stay with me I almost forgot that I was alive because I never held you until I held you one night. You made everything so right for me. So, you know, at this point she's begging him to stay. This person's describing how she feels when they make love, when they're together. It's almost like she's considering him like an antidepressant, like (laughs) her own personal, like her version of like a human version of Zoloft or Prozac. I almost forgot I was alive. You know, that, that's a pretty strong um, a strong lyric there, strong line towards the end of the song. And, you know, I just kind of, it, it's, it's a little bit more uplifting, I guess. Like, verses one and two are dark. But then with this ending... You get a sense, maybe this this encounter. Like maybe she was saved. Maybe this phone call that starts off at the be- that starts the beginning of the song off, is literally what saved her. I almost forgot that I was alive. You made everything so right for me. And you know she's talking about how much she really loves him and how much she really needs him. And you're all I've been ever dreaming of every minute of my life maybe she really means it or maybe she's just so euphoric in you know kind of losing herself in the moment that 
and if she's you know been depressed this can be such uplifting moment like something that's maybe um not super meaningful for him or maybe it is i don't know but let's just say it's not she's might might uh, have taking it taking this moment beyond what it was intended to be and maybe it was just intended to be a casual evening of sex but she's definitely elevated it seemingly into something uh, profound and that's kind of how the song ends with almost like an orgasmic cry song itself is a bit i don't know it's just very kind of 70s am country rock uh, vibe to it so it is what it is if you like the kind of music you might like this if you don't you probably won't but lyrically i think it's it's got some interesting things going for it now um with i love you tonight this was actually re-recorded in i believe 87 according to prince vault so prince re-recorded a version of the song in completely reworks the lyrics like the only thing that's the same is is essentially the like the first few lines of the song the rest of it like most of the really dark imagery is gone and the song was given to Micah Paris a British soul singer and she recorded a version in 1990 give or take i think it was uh, released in 1990 in the uk and 1991 in the united states as um as a single and so with the lyrics being completely reworked to be less kind of depressing no mention of a gun um 
no implying that this person is suicidal at all. It's more of a plea for a lover to stay with her after the lovemaking is through, preventing it from being a one-night stand. So it's, it's less maudlin and more just hopeful and, and pleading. I love you tonight, if we make love tonight, will you stay with me until the morning light? So that kind of sentiment is still there, which, again, is more of a, hey, I, I like you, I'd like to be with you, I want to have a you know, physical relationship with you, but I don't want you to leave as soon as we're done. I want you to stick around, I want to get to know you, I want to experience more of you than just the physical, and... Um, so it's kind of a, it's more of a love song from that perspective as opposed to um, what we got from Prince and Gale in 1979. Uh, Maite even re-recorded this song. So we've got a Prince version and he's got, well, it, we take a step back. We've got the 79 version with Gale on vocals. We've got the 87 version with Prince on vocals. we got the 1990 version with Micah Paris on vocals. And then in um, 1994, we heard Maite Garcia's version of this song on the 1-800-NEW-FUNK album. And then it would also, the next year, find its way onto Maite's debut album, Child of the Sun, in 95. So, something about this song, man, I don't know what it is, but Prince really wanted to stick with it for a while. Wanted to find someone to really kind of take it. To the next level. Micah's version's fine. It, it wasn't a hit. Maite's version is fine. It also wasn't a hit. And I think it's just like, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be a big smash. The song is good, but it's not amazing. So I don't see, I never saw like the potential for this to be an amazing crossover hit. So the next song is The Loser. Okay, so here's the thing about The Loser. I have not been able to find transcribed lyrics to The Loser. <laughs> I've looked high and low. And so I, I attempted to transcribe them myself, ran into a lot of like moments where the vocals are a little muddy and down in the mix where I just could not make at make them out clear enough to feel confident to say that this is the lyrics so i'm not going to like read the lyrics to the loser i'm gonna let you listen to the song and then i'll bring up some some you know moments in it some lines in it that i i i feel are clear enough that i can talk to and speak to and then also what's the song kind of basically about So the song is um, 
kind of like a bluesy Bonnie Raitt type number. And I, what I get from the song is like this woman is just tearing this man apart. You know, it's, it's a song about a woman who's just eviscerating this dude, this quote unquote loser. I mean, listen to some of these lines. You ain't satisfied me once. <laughs> right off the bat, you ain't satisfied me once. You told me lies, you got no pride. You ain't pretty anymore, you're nothing but a loser. The lights went out on you so long ago. I mean, rough. <laughs> These are rough. Your love just ain't it, she says. And then your love ain't worth and then trails off. She doesn't say shit because, you know, that would have been the perfect rhyme. Your love ain't it. Your love ain't worth shit. You know, she says, uh, three strikes and you're out on turning me on. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's a fun song from that perspective because, you know, it's, it's, you like to hear it. I like to hear it. I like to hear some douchebag get just like completely torn apart by, by somebody, especially a woman that, you know, has seen better, has had better and deserves better. And so, uh, <laughs> the loser, I mean, it's pretty much right there in, in the title of the song. It's a, Gail does a really good job of, um, she sounds like she's fed up and, uh, I dig it. You know, I dig the loser for that reason. The last song uh, I'll be covering then on this episode is You. <laughs> This is a straight up new wave rocker. You know, it's it, it's like Cars influence for sure. I think Gail is amazing on this song. Her vocals just kick some ass, knock it out of the park. I think it's a, a wonderful track. And I'm only speaking about the 1979 Rebels version because there's a version recorded by Paula Abdul from her Spellbound album in 1990 that I am not a fan of at all. And let's, you know, there's there's reasons why I don't like that version, and part of it's also the rewritten lyrics. a sexy way about you baby you 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 get so hard I don't know what to do and the chorus is you and it's repeated again
You, you drive my girls to rape you now, you. You, all the girls, they go ape over you. And then the chorus is repeated again. It's just you. You, if I should die, it'd be because of you. It's true, I'd kill myself if I didn't make up to you. <laughs> Those are the lyrics to the song. It's fucking crazy, right? I mean, you get so hard I don't know what to do. And then following that up with you drive my girls to rape you now. <laughs> this song is fucking wild, man. Um, so obviously this person, this woman is singing it. And I said before, Gail just sings the hell out of it. She's a very sexually voracious woman. Um, she knows what she wants. She has no problems expressing sexual desires. You get so hard. I don't know what to do. Um, there's really no other way to interpret that line. You get so hard, I don't know what to do. She's obviously talking about a guy's boner. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, typical guy to write a song about a girl who's so wild over, you know, his erection that she just basically can't control herself. It's like, uh, male fantasy 101. You drive my girls to rape you now. Oh, okay. So Prince in, in using the word rape, got to bring it up. This is not something that he would do this one time and never bring up the word rape again in any of his lyrics. Lust you always an extra lovable from like that 82, 83 period. Both include that word as sung by a man. We all know how inappropriate that is to say like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you're so hot. I can't help myself. I'm going to rape you now. That's pretty fucked up. And, uh, and, you know, Prince knew it. He was pushing He was pushing buttons. He was pushing boundaries. Neither of these songs were ever officially released at that era. He would re-record Extra Lovable much later and release it without that. Lust You Always never saw the light of day. Neither song were added to any super deluxe version of 1999, or even if it was like they decided to throw it on Purple Rain. Nope, didn't happen. And we have to largely assume it's because of these these lyrics. I don't know if many people think that because this song is being sung by a woman that using the word rape is any better. I mean, it shouldn't be. Rape is rape. It's it's the you know the violation of someone's someone's body by someone else. By definition, it's without consent. So it, sh it shouldn't make it any easier to swallow. Whether or not you agree with that statement, I don't know. But it shouldn't be, and I'll kind of leave it at that. And if, and if he wasn't literally trying to imply that these women are raping this guy because he has such an amazing erection, <laughs> uh, he could have phrased it better. Like, if it was just to say, like, these girls, you know, I mean, in the next line, all the girls, they go ape over you. So that's the sentiment. Like, if this guy is so hot that you just can't control myself around him, there's ways to, like, express that without using the R word. You could have said, like, um, 
you drive my girls to, and I don't know what she means by my girls, like my girlfriends, I guess my girlfriends, <laughs> I don't know, she has some sort of, I don't know if she's implying that she has like this gang of oversexed uh, girlfriends that just run around and, you know, grope men, but he just could have worded it differently, like you drive my girls to desire you, or you drive my girls to pounce you or I don't know something else besides using that word it could have worked I should die it'd be because of you it's true i'd kill myself if i didn't make up to you like it's like taking everything to the extreme the song takes everything to the extreme this woman is essentially saying that they're so sexually turned on by this person that they can't control themselves but then they're also so emotionally emotionally fragile that they would literally consider suicide if if they couldn't get his attention it, it's just to the extreme everything's to the extreme if I had to like summarize my take on this song in one sentence it'd be basically a woman that is so insane with lust that she can't control herself sexually or emotionally so what's up with the Paula Abdul version the Paul Abdul version was completely rewritten lyrics. As you can imagine, this isn't going to be a song that a, a mega pop star is going to gravitate towards. And on Paula's album, Spellbound, U has been turned into, you know, the stylized version, just the letter U. So it has, a, you know, some of the same kind of sentiment around it. you baby you you do everything a body can take you know you do that's what she says in the first verse and the chorus is still the same the you all I want is you you give me a fever of 110 you know you do oh love you as hard as I can you know I want to so the, the lyrics are still very simple you know Prince rewrote this song for Paula and um he knew that he had to do that. He knew he couldn't just give her the 1979 version as written and be like, here, Paula, here's this wonderful song that you talk about hard-ons and rape and killing yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's fine. I, I'm not a big, big fan of this version of the song, personally. Two, two of these songs were 
were rewritten and given to artists 10 plus years later, which is fascinating to me, considering that these were you know, 70s written songs for a project that never really ended up becoming something finalized. This whole Rebels project is fascinating. The songs that we got from that studio session are, are slight. Honestly, they're too slight to be considered an album. Like this would have, if all these songs would have been compiled and put on an album, it would have been a pretty slight album. I think they needed a little more work, a little more polish. And um, but I like it for what it is. I will, I will listen to the Rebels quote unquote album quite often. Um, I dig it. I dig I dig its simplicity. I dig its sound because again, I'm a big fan of. Of music from that era, from the late 70s, early 80s, and the sounds of rock and soul and AM radio sounds from that era. I, I, that's what I grew up on, so I, I enjoy it a lot for that reason. I think it was a great team building exercise. You know, by all accounts, by the time uh, they went on tour at the end of '79 for the Prince album, this band was kicking ass and taking names, and uh, I. I believe, anecdotally, I believe that um, it's been cited at this this kind of experience up there in Colorado to record these songs, handing over the reins of singing duties to a number of different members of the band and songwriting duties to members of the band besides Prince, that they all felt like their confidence growing as performers, confidence growing as collaborators. Uh, it's a great project with noble intentions, but you know, Princess Star was still on the rise in 1979. It's not like he had quote unquote made it. He'd only released one album and uh, didn't have any major hits off of it. So the focus still needed to be on Prince, and you know, if if that was the intent, they 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 fulfilled their purpose. And keeping his two co-frontmen, Andre and Dez, satisfied for the short term was also smart. But their creative urges would require more attention than Prince would be able and willing to give them in the long term. So Andre's time with the band would only be another year, year and a half. And uh, early 81, he was out of the picture. He, He had... He felt like he had bigger and better things to do than just be Prince's side man. And as far as Dez, you know, he would he would leave after the 1999 tour. So right before Prince exploded with Purple Rain. So uh, and Gale, Gale was out of the band by early 1980, and to be replaced by Lisa Coleman. So like the 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 three main members that were providing vocals and co-writing were the ones that ended up leaving the band within you know a handful of years with in Gail's case less than a year after recording these songs Andre's case a couple of years and Dez's case a few years um, and it's unfortunate because I think you know they they all were very talented and had things to offer but you know if it wasn't for 
them leaving, we never would have gotten Brown Mark, we never would have gotten Lisa, and we never would have gotten Wendy. You know, those are three kind of key core members of the revolution. 84 to 86. Uh, Dr. Fink and Bobby Z, members of the Rebels, would of course continue on with the band for for years to come. I encourage listeners to check out Zachary Hoskins' uh, DMSR blog posts, PrinceSongs.org, on all of these Rebel tracks. It does a great job of providing some fascinating insight and additional anecdotes and stories about the time, their time there in Colorado, and and a little more about these songs. I encourage listeners to read Matt Thorne's Prince, The Man and His Music. He goes back and also does some research on these songs, so I, I cribbed some of of those, you know, the writing that Matt did and the work that Matt did in his book for, for these episodes as well. Another thing I wanted to do is, you know, when I was talking about doing these vault songs and doing most of them by myself I did encourage listeners to chime in if they if they had something or you know had some insight into a song or into the lyrics of a song that maybe I missed during the episode and I was informed recently by listener Annie Ward on Facebook she clued me into a little tidbit about uh, Nadira. So in episode 143, where I covered Donna, Nadira, Baby, 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 Down a Long Lonely Road, and Miss You, I commented how, like, I didn't know who Donna and Nadira were. Were they real people? Were they based on people that Prince knew? Or were they just stand-ins for other people? Apparently, Nadira actually is uh, an ex-girlfriend of Prince's in high school. And so there was some handwritten handwritten notes that saw the light of day between Prince and Nadira. And it's funny because, you know, I, I'd gone through the various spellings that I've seen online of, of the name Nadira. And the one that's correct is not one that I mentioned. <laughs> it's actually N-A-D-I-R-A. And that's from these notes. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, I would correct if I felt like it was warranted, but you know, I'm putting it out there now. I believe it's N-A-D-I-R-A, not A-R-A or E-A-R-A or any other spelling that I've seen. So I thought that was interesting, so I wanted to make sure I brought that up. So there's been some confirmation about Nadira's, you know, the reality of this person and then her existence. So if you can go online, search uh, Prince Handwritten Notes and type in Nadira... N-A-D-I-R-A, you'll see some pretty interesting, you know, um, notes from the 70s when he was in high school. Fascinating stuff. This has been a much longer episode than I have been typically doing. I think there's just more to talk about with the Rebel songs. So I want to thank you for sticking with me. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at PressRewind.net and basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you use a different podcast catcher and you don't see my show, let me know. I'd love to maybe get it added somehow. And until next time, thank you very much to all the listeners. Goodbye. Goodbye.